fellow seam heads. CJ going to come out here and join me on the porch. We're going to get into a myriad of baseball topics that you know the format. Three. Then we might even foul one off. Might give you an extra one. We're going to get into some baseball boost in the back end of the program. We're going to also talk about the Reds and their kind of historic to this point struggles early on in 2022. We're also going to talk about some teams and how the early mojo has been going for them. Maybe they need to manage to play. A lot of different things we'll talk talk about. CJ's going to join me here on the porch. You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, feel stout. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking all things Major League Baseball here on the porch. The POP. Let's go. There are certain sports I think you need to have played to, to coach. Like football to me is boring. Like, I know it, but I don't think I could coach it. I never played it. I, do, I, do, I disagree with that, CJ. Think about some of the best head coaches in the game that never played the game of football. No, and and, and no, I because you, know, you and I have had this conversation. Like, and I don't completely disagree with you. Like, I think there's like, and here's what's really weird. Like, you look at hockey. A lot of the coaches didn't play, and I'm like, to me, that's a sport you'd almost have to be able to play to coach or to teach. I would think because you got to know how to skate. You got to know how to. Like Mike Sullivan never really played, but is one of the better NHL. A lot of those guys didn't. And it's like really, you look at a guy like Steve Weiserman, who was one of the greatest ever place him up. He just got fired because he can't coach worse shit. See, I, 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 oh, oh, Stevie Y, the old Reds, the old Red Wing guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he got canned two days. Well, ago. I mean, let's be real; it's more about development and all that than anything else. Yeah, um, true. It's just to me, I think I think there are some out there that you know. And to me, like you know, football, you could probably get away with it. To me, I've just always felt like if you, to me, I, we, I playing it at some level helps. I think baseball is one that you have to have played at some level to truly yeah, I, understand the game and to understand what guys are going through when they're trying to get out of a slump or in terms of pitching mechanics to know how to tell someone what to do. Like, I don't think that's a sport you just watch and then figure out how to tell somebody how to do it. Just, just my opinion. No, I, I, I'm not completely disagreeing with you. I, I think playing it does, does give a massive help because it is, and sometimes you have to know, okay, you know, this guy's struggling. We'll give him a day off here. Let him kind of regather himself. And yeah. Oh, I, you know, yeah, there's, it's there, there's a lot of people management that goes into oh, it that, as well. It's, it, that you know, it's funny actually. In my uh, in my master's classes, um, Dr. Muslin actually had a thing about kind of the team dynamics and kind of how management of personalities in baseball is, and kind of human resource capital is almost more important sometimes than almost anything else. Um, because you have to have that. If you don't, you know, some, you will not have successful as a team. It's just a proven fact. It's interesting, though. That's very interesting that that's because I, I do think there's something to that. And like, CJ, I think we've talked about this before, me and you. Like, baseball is the one sport where, like, man, expectations necessarily don't necessarily mean that you're going to be good. Now, granted, that's like that in every sport, right? But like, for example, a baseball team that somebody says is going to win 60 games, there's always one or two of those teams every year or that come out of nowhere and end up being a lot better because, A, 
they perform better, the chemistry works together, and just sometimes years, you just have years where things go your way. Like last year, the Red Sox early, everything went their way. They were able to make it to where they needed to make it to. They got you guys in a one-game playoff in their building, beat you, then won another series, couldn't finish off against Houston. Like you just have those years. Like when the Pirates finally made it into the playoffs um, after you know breaking the 21-year one-year drought. They won so many games and extra innings and tight games that year. And granted, they were a good team, but that happens. You know what I mean? Like, that's key. Like, there's always teams that that happens to in the yearly basis. Like, this year's team, CJ, we're getting 30 into the 30-game range now. For a lot of these teams, not quite there yet, but we're getting close. There are some teams that are starting to develop that, hey, we're going to find a way to win this game this day every night and win every series that we possibly can. I want to know the team you think's kind of got that mojo right now, other than your Yankees, because I knew that's where you're going to go first. I'm going to make you have to go outside the box. Yeah. <clears throat> um, right now, um, I feel like either the Brewers or the Angels, um, you know, both leading their division, both have kind of jumped out playing really well. Yeah, and I know we had talked about Milwaukee as being a team uh, that could contend in the Central um, and possibly win it. Um, but, I mean, they've gotten out to a really good start. The Angels, I think, have gotten out to a little bit better start than a lot of us maybe thought. I mean, you know, they're they're 600 baseball. I mean, that's and, – and they're winning road games, and that's – That's, that's a big point. See, and I kind of wanted to t- touch on that, like, tonight, right? They're down to the Red Sox three to two. Rendon hits that home run in, into the first row of the monster seats, ties it up at three. Red Sox take the lead, right? They got to try and close it out. Angels score a run in the bottom of the night, tie it up. Then they win it in extras with that explosion of runs. Um, like you, like you spoiled it for me. Didn't get to see the final, final product <laughs> myself. Um, but like, that's the type of team they're winning games like that, right? And they're kind of coming out of nowhere. I like that as being the team, CJ, that kind of at this point's got a little bit of that mojo going their way. Another squad that I think has got some of that mojo that maybe you didn't expect to have that mojo at this point in time. I mean, Twins are playing good baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Twins are playing real good baseball. And another one, too. Uh, and and maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm I, I'm a little still kind of, early on them and maybe they'll fall back because that division's so tough. But you know, the Rockies are kind of hanging in there right now. And they made some moves in the offseason to get better. And some of those players are actually down right now. Bryant's on the IL, but like the Rockies are interesting to me right now. Yeah, I mean they they've been playing, you know, you know, some good baseball. And that that's that's a very tough division. I mean all the teams are at five hundred or better in the West. I didn't realize that about Arizona, by the way, either. But they're playing yeah, good they're, ball. I mean, yeah, and it's and it is. It's and it's kind of a funky division because I was looking at some of the splits here. Because the Dodgers obviously are lead nines, but the Dodgers are nine and two at home, but they're six and five away from home. That's kind of funky. But you flip that, and and you look at like San Diego, San Diego six and four at home. They lead the majors with ten wins on the road, like. It's just weird. you know, and CJ, that's one thing though that I've always felt, man. The splits between home and road in baseball 
while it's nice to play in front of your home crowd and you can build your team based off your ballpark, you know, more lefties, you know, better, better outfield defense. If you're in, you know, in a park where you get a lot of gaps and things like that, like there is some incremental differences, but mainly man, it's about who's pitching and how, how you're kind of flowing as a team. So like you might be on a road trip and just like you do really well, maybe because you're not playing as good of people. And especially at this point in time of the season, like it depends on more on who you're playing, not where you're playing. Like for example, you know, the pirates go on a little road trip there and, and take, take some games versus the Cubs, but then they come back home and they've got to face the, the brewers and the Padres and they go one and five on that, on that homestand. Right. So it's like, it's more about who you're playing, not necessarily where you're playing them, at least in my opinion, when it comes to baseball. Yeah, I, I think there's some, some – I mean, it's nice to have that, that last at bat too. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, and, and I think there is some truth to that. And I heard um, somebody say – I can't remember who it was. And I, I, want to, I want to credit it to Joe Torrey, and I don't think it's right. But he had – you know, his philosophy was is – you know, you basically wanted to play, you know, defend your home. You wanted to be 700 at home, 800 at home if possible, just because that gives you such a much an advantage. And then basically on the road, be 500 or better. Just don't have a losing road on the record and everything works itself out, you know, because baseball at 162 is kind of a funky one. Like, you, okay, you're going to win, you know, the good teams, the teams that are in, in, anticipating to contend. Okay, win sixty, lose sixty. What do you do with the other forty-two? <laughs> it's it's funny you bring it up, CJ. I was about to say the same thing. Um, Jim Leland always said that, right? Yeah, that was Leland's big thing when he was in Miami and Pittsburgh. All his stops. That's always yep. been his thing. Like, if you're going to contend, all right, you're going to win sixty or lose sixty. What do you do with the other forty-two? Yep, that's what matters. Yep, really the difference, right? Like, it's kind of funny you bring that up. You know, it's kind of talking, and then you know, you know, obviously people who know big bucko fan and um the pirates playing tough playing hard right but yet still 10 and 14 and that that one and five homestand versus the padres they lost the game uh where andrew mccutcheon hit a two-run you know single in the ninth to take the lead when three to two they lost the game two to one when both pitchers were throwing no hitters into the seventh lost the game sunday to the padres um in in tight tight fashion uh you know, in which Mitch Keller was throwing the ball very well. Both teams were kind of hanging in there till the ninth. It was three to two. Like the good, good teams still find a way to win those games and, and, and get those breaks. The teams that aren't quite there yet, that's why they're not quite there yet. It happens yeah. that way. Yeah, it does. And I think sometimes you, you you get some of those games where you win those real tight ones, you know, the one, two run games. And I think for some teams, you know, you get a couple of them under your belt and it just, it, it snowballs, right? You, Cause we've seen that with teams that find ways to be on that side of them and they seem to win all of them. And you get a team that maybe loses two or three of them and it snowballs the other way. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and also baseball is so uh, momentum based and so kind of, where you're at, but it's also at the same time, it's all about the next day starting pitcher too. Like, but you can get a good feel of how a team's playing and how they're rolling together and how guys are seeing the ball and how's your defense kind of stacking up. And, you know, when you're playing every day, that happens. You know, guys get to the yard, they feel good versus, you know, hey, I'm not having a good couple weeks here. It happens all the time. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you you'll see that, you know, where you'll have a pitching staff that's in a groove for what seems to be like basically a month. Um, and it's almost kind of the equivalent of a hitter who's seeing the ball really well and then goes into a slump. You're going to have the ebbs and the flows in the valley. It, it's just finding ways to still find ways to get wins, even though when you know maybe your best couple of guys just don't have it. And that's that's always kind of been the funny thing. Like we talk about a pitcher doesn't have his A stuff, right? What separates the good ones from the really good ones is when you don't have your A stuff, just finding grinding out, grinding to get out. It's like I heard – uh, a story watching um, a Yankees game the other day, and um, John Flaherty was it was the Royals game because they had John Flaherty doing the play by play on Sunday, and he was talking about he was in a game in Boston catching Musina, and Musina gave up three runs in the first inning, didn't have his stuff at all. Walks up to John and goes, "All right, when you put down the double hook, that's going to be a splitter." and Flaherty was like, you've never thrown a splitter. And he's like, well, I am today. Yep. And he grinded through seven more innings, only gave up one more run. And that's, you know, that that's what separates them, like finding ways to grind through it. And I think your really good hitters find ways to grind at bats, right? When they're really going through a slump, they start taking more pitches, start thinking other, you know, opposite field and kind of get themselves back into that mechanical groove. And that's what really separates the good hitters and the good players. And more really it separates the really good teams from, you know, teams that just quite aren't there yet exactly cj that's a great point not to mention that they add that consistency factor right and the the guys that are able to grind take those walks start seeing more pitches the pitcher will make a mistake then you capitalize like that's how guys go from you know struggling at the end of april to somehow middle bang they're back up into the you know 250 somehow all of a sudden it it yeah, happens kind of, all the time. I, I, and I've always kind of equated a, a good hitter is like, it's almost kind of like a shooter in basketball, right? You, you, you get one to go down, all of a sudden it looks bigger. A, a hitter in baseball gets a hit, puts good wood on it, or he does, you know, just finds a way to get one of those seeing eye singles or a bloop. And all of a sudden everything feels right again. You, you feel the comfort, the approach thing. Sometimes it just takes one finding a way. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's funny, CJ, and sometimes it's not even so much. You could be absolutely smoking the baseball, but the ball is not finding the hole. It's you know, it's you're getting just enough of it to get out to the outfielder. Guys are making good plays on you, you know. Or you're hitting some, line drive. You're hitting right atom balls. <laughs> yep, you're hitting atom balls. And then all of a sudden you get a you know, you get a five and a half hopper through the five and a half hole, right? And then the next time up you draw a walk and then boom, you 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 get a little flay of fish in the right. And then maybe you get out the next time, but then you're somehow two for three, and then you lace a line drive, and then boom, you're right where you need to be. Like it happens a lot, and and, and like you said, guys that are really good and are professionals and really consistent and grind, they find ways to get those hits. They find ways to to kind of make those slumps a little less uh, lengthy. Because it is such a mental game. We all know that. And, CJ, I think that's interesting because we kind of were linking this into how teams have the mojo and how teams are kind of going. And a team when teams are kind of struggling, you know, like the White Sox were earlier last week, but all of a sudden you're starting to see those guys kind of grind out at bats, starting to lengthen things. All of a sudden, boom, they've won three straight games. They're starting to get back into it a little bit more. You know, um, a team – 
a team like Atlanta maybe starting to stabilize a little bit, starting to find their way back, you know, toward the light a little bit after the World Series hangover. Um, it's very interesting to see kind of how that works. CJ, I do want to talk here real quickly, though, in topic two uh, here, and that's about the Reds, brother. We, we got to talk about it. And you, and you know I've got a Chester Cat grin here. I don't want to. I don't want to get too into it because, to be quite honest, uh, it, baseball gods, we, we got to allow them to do their thing, right? But you know that the Reds, CJ, have now lost seven straight. They're one in nine in their last ten games. They have lost 21 of their last 22 games. And that includes – that does not include at the moment. Well, actually, it, it might include at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to include it. An 18-4 to drubbing currently against the Milwaukee Brewers. Reds actually put up two in the first. Milwaukee tied it back up within four hitters um, at two. Unbelievable what's going on in Cincinnati. Um, kind of want your thoughts. And then I kind of want to break down just a couple of things that kind of are – I guess an epitome of what the red seasons have been to this point. And um, I think we're probably both going to talk about the same thing if we get there. Um, and it involves pop-ups. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it's been tough. You know, I, the reds were kind of always a team I followed in the NL, just, you know, proximity and them being on TV and, you know, on the radio there in Charleston a lot. The reds are on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, Cincinnati Bell Radio Network. Yeah, I mean, you hear that in my sleep. Yeah, to this day, Marty Brenneman's still one of my favorite play-by-play guys. He's uh, phenomenal. About that later in the broadcast, CJ. By the way. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's been really like, I think we all knew they weren't going to be real good, but as bad like the fact that they've been as bad as they have been, I think has been kind of shocking. Um. They just, I don't like, you know, and I know we said it on the last one, you know, run differentials that one thing, you know, we kind of just, yeah, poo poo at, but I mean, they're negative 68. I mean, that, that to me is not one that's deceiving. Um, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's, Bill it's 29 runs worse are, than the, it's 29 runs worse than anybody else in baseball at this point. In time. Yeah, I mean, it's what Bill Parcells would always say: your record is who you are. And I mean, they're they're awful. I mean, they are absolutely atrocious. Um, which is kind of sad. I mean, because they've got some guys. I mean, yeah, they're a little longer in the tooth, but are pretty decent. You know, they they still have some baseball left in them. I mean, Joey Votto, 122 for the year. Uh, you know, he'll, just, he'll he'll get out of it though. I actually kind of yeah. talked about that on the uh, sports report in Ravenswood. Um, when I asked about the Reds, I was like, Votto will will come back up um, to being in that 250 range by the end of this thing for sure. He's just too good a hitter. Granted, he is getting a little older, like you said. Um, they do have some young prospects too, but it's just like they're in such a flux, and their fans are so kind of in disbelief and, and disappointed because they went for it for a couple of years. Nothing really good happened. Um, and then, the, you know, they get shut out in both their playoff games during the COVID season by the Braves. They kind of tried to run it back last year, minus Bauer, and just didn't didn't work out for them well at all. 
Uh, and now they're in the spot they're in now after this offseason trading Winker, trading Suarez, you know, I mean, Sonny Gray left. Um, now, granted for them, I think it'll help once Luis Castillo comes back. Uh, he had a pretty good uh, rehab assignment there um, earlier this week. Uh, struck out some dudes. Looked like he was kind of back to what he was, but, like, they're going to continue to sell. I mean, let's be real at this point. I mean, they've got some guys and some pieces that some teams might really want to look into. Like a Tommy Pham could help somebody out in the outfield at some point in time. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm starting to think maybe, it, you know, are they willing to part with a Tyler Malley eventually? I don't know if they want to keep him under contract. Like, I don't know how many pieces they may still have, though. And that might be scary for Cincinnati to know that, okay, we've traded off these pieces. These young kids are up, but they're not doing phenomenally yet. We're not winning games. What do we do next? Yeah, that, and that's going to be the hard part because, I mean, they're going to have some guys that you could move at the deadline to maybe give yourself some some help somewhere. But I, the, the trade value is not going to be there. I mean, maybe a guy like Brandon Drury or, you know, Moustakas maybe get you something, but the, the value is not going to be real high. And you know what else, too, CJ? I mean, I'll give them this, too. Jonathan Indy has been banged up and been in and out of the lineup. That hasn't helped him either. But it's no, like, and he's a really good young player. Oh, absolutely. Very good young player. And like Tyler Stevenson, you know, has been kind of battling the concussion and, uh, you know, came back and, you know, can catch a little bit too for him. Like, I don't know, man. There's just, Sinzel's, they had just not been healthy. And that's really hurt him big time. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, too, like, you know, you kind of decimated your bullpen, too. You know, you didn't read. Iglesias wasn't brought back. I mean, just a lot of things, man, for them um, that just haven't went their way. Not to mention, like the other night in Colorado, CJ, we got to bring this up now. We've waited too long. I, I can't. I can't wait any longer. <laughs> you, you had you had the the pop up that was pinned to the net by the catcher. I can't necessarily get on the kid for that. That was yeah, it was tough. You know, catcher trying to make a play up against the netting. They say he pinned it. Okay, whatever. Then you get the foul ball that's missed. Uh, miscommunication there. Was it the third baseman and uh, third baseman there on that one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think it was third base and, and left field didn't quite have that. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's just somebody who's got to take control. And Sometimes you see that with, with young teams or guys that don't have a lot of experience either together or just in general. Yeah, and I think that was Drury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, then, it, it was, it, but it, it's it's still bad. Yeah, the coup de gras though was the next the next one that put in play, where it literally lands in front of the pitcher's mound. The pitcher's there; they've got guys converting in from both corners, and you've got the catcher, and they literally let it drop in front of them at the mound. So three consecutive pop ups. They didn't get an out on it. Um, that was a rough, rough look for the Red Legs. Let's just go ahead and call it for what it was. And then what? Literally uh, <laughs> earlier in the week, they had a fan at one of their games catch a pop-up while feeding the baby formula. And the baby didn't break stride on, on the feeding, and the guy caught it like smooth as can be. And then the major leaguers getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't catch a pop up. I mean, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? Sign that guy up. Yeah, as I say, offer that. Come guy. on, Castellini, get with it. Yeah, offer that guy a contract. I mean, based on what they saw.
could probably yeah. fit in. Yeah. yeah. I will say that a lot of them that listen in. And, and, and obviously, we know where our loyalties lie and my allegiances are where they're at. And, you know, I, I might I might laugh a little bit and smile at to some extent about what's going on here. But um, you got a good young core of pitching. I mean, Ladola got a chance to be really good. Hunter Green blows up that radar gun. I mean, most pitches in Major League history in a game over 100. Uh, I mean, Castillo's still under contract. You still have him. There's reasons for Cincinnati fans not to totally um, be kind of up in arms and, and, and think the sky's going to fall forever. Um yeah, yeah, my 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 biggest thing for them is for the Reds fans is you know continue to cheer your team on, continue to show up. I mean, those young guys need to see that because um, they, like you said, they do have a really good you know young nucleus and core there. It's um, hard though, CJ. It's hard. It, it, it's hard to do when fans don't feel like they're being treated fairly or they they think they're being taken advantage of. I've been in that spot. Now I've always been one, like you said, to sh- let's show up at the ballpark, man. It's fun to be at a game. You know, but I also can see it from a Reds fan's perspective. Like, you know, the other night in Milwaukee, they struck out 16 times in a 6-3 loss. Um, Like, that's rough. I mean, you only get 27. Like, you got to put the ball in play. Like, and I know we're in that age where it's a three-outcome type situation. But, I mean, I I get it. I get it from their perspective. But, like you said, they got – you got to show up. You you got to enjoy the ballpark. You got to have fun. Grab your beer. Grab your dog, get the kids. They'll have promos during the summer. You know, have some fun going to the ball yard, and then get ready for the Bengals, man. You know, just 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 let the Reds win some games, have a stretch maybe where they feel like they're improving for you. Get you to August so you can talk about the Bengals. Yeah, and because and I think as as those young guys get you know some more time and more experience, and you know they're they're going to start to really kind of show you some of the bright spots. Um, It'll get better. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely going to get better. I mean, if you're a Reds fan, I mean, it, here's the reality. You, you pushed all your chips in and really made a run at it for two years. You're, Granted, you're, had nothing to show for it, CJ. Let's make sure that that's put into cemented uh, writing as well. Correct, and, and that doesn't help and that hurts. Uh, but there's a lot of teams that do that. You know, they'll shove it all in for, for a two-, three-year run and, and don't end up with anything to show for it. Um, you know, but – I'm with you. I, I don't think this is, oh, my God, you know, we're going to be god-awful for the next decade. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. You know, and, and we've seen baseball do some funny things. I mean, just a couple of years ago when the Braves went to the World Series, you know, that first time, like, nobody saw that coming. Like, everybody thought, okay, they're, they're, they're not going to be that good. They're going to fight to be in the middle of the pack in the AL East, and they ended up winning the damn thing in a runaway and making the World Series. So, Who now? The Rays? Yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, you know, that, that kind of thing happens. I mean, sometimes those young guys, the light bulb comes on quicker than others, but no, it's if, like if we I'm said, a Red fan, I hang in. Certain teams get mojo, and they make it happen. Like, you know, it's it, it does, it does, like when Jack McKeon took over the Marlins that year. Just things start happening. You start playing good ball. You start playing clean ball. You get that momentum. You build that chemistry. You start believing that nobody can beat you. And then you start bringing up some prospects to help you. You might get a player or two, you know, in in July that also kind of helps you out there and, and things start happening. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of the other aspect that maybe doesn't get touched on enough, but I'm not so sure the Reds in their managerial decisions have made the best decisions. Uh, and I think they've set themselves back there a little. Yes, you do. I think you have a great point there, man, because GMs build rosters and managers have to be able to use those rosters. And um, they kind of had to deconstruct a little bit because there is, and people talk about this all the time, but you know, how much money should you spend if you know your team is going to be unable to compete? Because you got to keep that money back for when you need that money. And like the Reds and the Pirates are total opposite when it comes to this because the Reds will go out and they'll spend some money. But then like they won't have that money in the back end when they need it. Like Homer Bailey then eats up money, you know. And then you have to trade a winker as a result because you're still eating money from, from back previous contracts. And I definitely get that. And I love what you kind of brought up about the managerial thing. I'll let you kind of run with that real quick, though. Yeah, I mean, you had a guy in Dusty Baker who... Phenomenal manager. And had you winning games and had you in the playoffs. Yeah, and and you let him go and you promote your pitching coach. Like... (laughs) Brian Price. Yeah. CJ... There's nothing against Brian Price. I mean, he was a heck of a pitching coach, but... To me, that was the beginning of the end for them. Yeah, because we've seen in the history of baseball, pitching coaches just don't make good managers. Pitchers see the game completely different. You know, to me, catchers have always been the best managerial guys because they're it's a much different perspective on the game, and your pitching coaches just aren't aren't good at it. And it's kind of funny, CJ. We're tying it back in from where we started the podcast with about talking about you know management. Um, But I'll tell you this, man. When the Reds let go of Dusty, they they had a chance to host the one-game wild card. The Pirates came in there and took some games from them and was able to to shift that game over to PNC and the Sea of Black and the first blackout. And then the Cueto situation happened. And, man, the rest is history. Um, one of the best nights of my life, mind you. Um, Russell Martin depositing that ball and in, in, into the uh, to the left field. Uh, area there near the rotunda man can can still see it to this day but they let go of dusty in that situation when it was like did you really need to do that should you have done that and then to be honest cj like you said bring in brian price and now david bell i don't think i don't think i can name five managers that i detest more in baseball than david bell now granted a lot of that's due to the wolf in there between the buckos and and um you know, his Reds when it was Clint Hurdle and Amir Garrett just tried to charge an entire dugout in the Yasiel Puig days and all that stuff. So I have a little bit more of an axe to grind with him because of those things and the way he kind of reacted to certain things than maybe most. But his record speaks for itself. Hasn't necessarily done a lot with a lot of talent. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of the other thing too is – and I'm not for calling for guys' jobs. You know what I mean? But I'm with no, you. No, no, and I, and and I and I didn't take it that way. And I think some of it is is the the position you're you find yourself in, and some of those is just it. It's not good. The Osceola Puig thing, like I don't absolute ton of talent. Just nobody could ever really get anything out of him. You know, and, I, and that hasn't helped. I, I don't know if you know David Bell is going to be a good manager or not if he'd end up somewhere else but you know you're 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 right in that in that he hasn't seemed to be able to 
find a way to navigate this without being god-awful. CJ, speaking of managers that have really done a good job to this point in time in the season, give your boy Aaron Boone a lot of credit for what he's doing with the Yankees. And also across town in Queens, Buck, the Buck Truck, Buck Showalter, doing a phenomenal job with the Mets, kind of changing that culture. And then a guy who I feel like never truly gets the love that he deserves. Um, and that's correct, Council with the Brewers. One last one, too, CJ, I want to mention. The Bob Melvin deal out in San Diego, I think he's going to change the way they are as well. I, I was not a huge fan. Yeah, I think Bob Melvin, just an upgrade over, over Tingler, has been around, done it, seen it. And you can kind of see it in the way the Padres are carrying themselves and playing. They're getting a little bit more pitching than they were last year. Granted, they weren't off with this time last year. Um, they're also doing this without the tees, too. So you got to give them some credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned some guys that I absolutely agree with. And, um, you know, the way Boone's kind of navigated um, his lineup, getting getting guys days off and, and keeping guys – Engaged and healthy has been a good one. Obviously, what Showalter's done across in, in Queens. And, you know, I, I'll give you another one here that that's I, I think kind of deserves some credit. And that that's Donnie Baseball. Um, what Mattingly's been able to do with the Marlins to this point has been pretty phenomenal. I mean, playing five hundred. How did I know that you were going to go there with them? Well, I mean, they're 500 baseball, uh, four and a half back in the East. I mean, they've been playing some really good baseball. But they've lost four straight, CJ. They they have, and and a lot of that is they just they you know we've talked about this. They don't. <clears throat> I don't think they've got the bats to stay with it. But I mean, you know, we've seen some funky things happen, and right now I think they they kind of believe in the way they're doing things down there, and they've got good young pitching, that's for sure. Yeah, and they, and I mean, and they do have a decent core. They're they're going to improve. They're they're they're, they're yeah, and they're they're definitely going to be improved. Speaking and, of a place I, that needs people to show up for I, games. I, yeah, and and I've always liked Mattingly as a manager. Um, I've I've always thought he's had a pretty good pulse on it. Um, you know, guy that really understands the game, and you know, and if you're a young hitter down there, is there anybody you'd rather probably work with on a daily basis? Mm. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's guys that come to mind, but I mean, you're you're talking about a pretty damn good one in in Mattingly. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, another one, too, um, that's doing a heck of a job. That's Rocco Baldelli with the Twins. And, you know, it's funny. I was We talk about Tingler. He's actually now a part of that Twins staff and probably helped him out a little bit this year. They didn't have a good – have not had a great week. Haven't, haven't had a great week with the Orioles. Game four, though, if you lose a game of the Orioles, it feels like it's a down week, even if it's on the road. So – um, yeah, and that and and the Orioles. I mean, they're nine and sixteen. They're not real good, but they're kind of they're kind of pesky. And it's especially if you get them in their ballpark. Yeah, the, they uh they do play well at Camden Yards. See, that's that's a good point. Even though we just talked earlier, we didn't feel like that's a huge factor on who wins, who loses games. It is something to look into. Um, CJ, topic three tonight. I want to get out of here on this, um, man. Let's talk about some of the best boosts in baseball. And I think on MLB TV, we have to listen in a lot of different ones. I kind of want to go preliminary on this. I don't want this to be the be all end all because I want us to do a little homework on this. But do you have one in particular that's not the Yankees that you want to kind of shout out real quickly here? 
as being the best. And then also I want to hear one that you feel is like kind of the worst. Um, and you, yeah, can go just, well, you can go just Pacific analyst as well. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. I mean, obviously stay away from the yes network. I mean, cause you know, Michael K David Cohen, those guys are, are pretty good. Um, the, the blue Jays aren't bad. Um, which buck was, uh, doing a little bit better. Obviously we hope nothing but the best for buck Martinez in his fight versus our cancer. Cause him yeah. and him and Schulman together are very, very good. I do enjoy them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm a big Schulman guy. Um, the, the Dodgers actually don't have a bad one. Um, you know, Joe Davis, um, obviously being the, the play-by-play guy, and then they kind of rotate some guys in and out on the color for them. Um, but he's not bad because usually they pair him up with Earl Hershiser. That's usually a pretty good, pretty good combo for them. You know, it's funny, CJ. I feel like you can almost name all the analysts and all the play-by-play guys that the, that the teams hire themselves, and I would take almost all of them over Ravage and Eduardo Perez together. They are dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Ravage is, is terrible. Yeah, I'm not a big Ravage fan. Uh, and Eduardo's not great himself. David Cohn is saving that Sunday night broadcast right now. Be honest with you. Yeah, I, I love David Cohn. I think he's going to be a guy you're going to see um, probably – Probably in a manager's role at some point. Hey, but you um, know what, though, CJ, you could say that all you want, but man, if you're getting paid to sit up there in the booth and and watch the game and get to talk about it, I mean, I don't know if I'm moving to go to the manager's. Oh yeah, no, to be quite I, honest I, with I, you. No, I'm I'm definitely not. I, I I'll give you two more that I actually really like, and one of these you'll really like. Um, but Jason Benetti and Steve Stone with the White Sox. Oh, song. my boys! Yes, I love them. It is on your side. They <laughs> um, do a great are, job with that, dude. They are really good. And then I'll I'll give you another one, and this one you'll you'll love me for a little bit. But your boy Greg Brown and Joe Block. That's uh, that, yes, yes. Your, Greg, your pirates are your your pirates do a really good job with their stuff. Hey, thank you, CJ. I mean, it makes the game very enjoyable. And you know what's funny is you don't even have some of the guys that I grew up with that were phenomenal in the booth. Uh, Lanny for Terry, man, who does the Mountaineer games on ESPN Plus now. Um, yeah. He comes down and, and, and does the and, high school tournament at times. He is phenomenal. And there was no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. Lanny and, was and the do, man. And I do miss some Gary Thorne on my baseball. Uh, Gary Thorne was good. You know another one, though? Steve Blass. Steve Blass is a, yeah. as, a, as an analyst, man, just one of the best. Um, one of the best, Steve Blass. Now, dude, I'll tell you this. Bob Walk is a national treasure. Love him and Brownie together. The only thing about Greg Brown, and I'll say this, I love Greg Brown. The trip, trip, triple call used to be one that I just couldn't stand. <laughs> I've grown to love it a little more. It's still hard on me to hear it, though. Um, but that's his thing. And obviously raised the Jolly Roger. I mean, he he brought that from the infancy, man. And and when they were, it was one of the one of the best things uh, in a summer to hear that man. You know, when Greg would, would call that out, and Joe Block's growing on me. I will say that um, Tim Neverett was very good too. Does some games with the Dodgers as well now on the radio and TV side. Went out there after being with the Red Sox for a minute. He's pretty good too. One uh, analyst that we didn't mention that we need to mention here, CJ, 
You're not going to love this. The Red Sox crew. You can act. You can act. Are very good. Enjoyed them tonight. Watching them a little bit. Uh, yeah, by not, the way, they're, they're they're not bad. I mean, they're. I mean, they're homers. I mean, they're, that they're paid to well, all hey, of them are. Everybody all of them are. exactly, exactly. You know, they, by the ball no, club, man. They're, they, they're they, part they of the squad. They are pretty good. I, I, I'm going to give you kind of an old throwback one here, and the only reason I did this is I had um, Pluto TV on here because they've got some old series and stuff, but they've got a channel. It's MLB Great Games, and they show a bunch of old games. And Please they tell me, John. John Miller and Joe Morgan. Yes, it was an old Sunday night game. <laughs> knew with those it, knew two, it. And I was just like, oh, my childhood is back. Oh, oh, man. That it was. You you know, it's funny. <clears throat> my baseball coach growing up and uh, would always say, man, you know, watching the games, the best way to learn the game. And no one was better than John Miller and Joe Morgan on Sunday nights for teaching oh, the game man, of baseball. They were, they were fantastic. You know, what's together. funny, though, CJ, you can still get John Miller on the Giants games here and there as well um not not as frequently as you used to but he does still do some giants games yeah i i, I yeah i definitely john miller joe morgan that's probably my all-time absolute favorite uh, the best i mean and you know you also have to throw in there man with costas and you were together as well yeah, that was, that was yeah. Costas was always a real good baseball. And, and Joe Morgan was with that group worst? too, you know. Can, can, and and we'll, since we agreed on the best, I think we're probably going to agree on the worst. Welsh with the Reds, terrible. Yeah, he 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 was bad. But I, uh, he made a comment Carver the other night. CJ, oh, drove me crazy. I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm a Carver. <laughs> Welsh made a comment the other night. I have to let this one go. Uh, actually, excuse me, I can't let this one go. He said, um. Andrew McCutcheon's playing in the Brewers for the Brewers. He's playing against the Reds. He's like, just imagine if he wouldn't have had to spend five years with the Pirates. And I'm thinking, excuse me? Like, Andrew McCutcheon was a Pirate. Andrew McCutcheon had his best years ever with in his career with the Pirates. He won an MVP with the Pirates. Um, yeah, as I say, when you think when, – when people say the Pirates, I think of two names, McCutcheon and Bonds. Like, those are the two I go to. Like, that's what I register like Kutch, I mean Kutch is synonymous with Pittsburgh, and yeah, hopefully one day he'll get to come back in, in a certain role. I hope. Um, but I just couldn't believe I was like Chris Welsh. You got to be kidding me! Yeah, Final that, that's that that's pretty yeah. bad because when Hutch goes to Cooperstown, it's going to be a Pirates hat. I, I hope he can go to Cooperstown, CJ. There, I, I, there's some I debate on that. A, I would. I, well, I think there's some debate on it, but I I think he gets in. I'd hope. I would love for his sake. Uh, because let's be real, man, ever since he's left Pittsburgh, the numbers have dipped. That's just a fair statement. Um, yeah, he had a couple of good years in New York, but I mean, I, I think you're right on that. The, and the reason I was bringing this up too was, uh, because of the fact that Peacock, the Peacock network now, CJ is about to start Sunday. I guess you're going to call it mid morning games at 1135. And Euclid is going to be a part of that coverage on Peacock Network. Um, very interesting. Kind of excited to see it. Thinking about going to a 11.35 start time in the Berg versus the Cardinals here in a couple weeks. Saw that on the schedule. I'm like, what? Did some research. And uh, the Peacock Network going to have Sunday mid-afternoon or before mid-afternoon baseball games um, there for you. Euclid's going to be a part of that coverage. 
one other one too. Can't be reminisced yeah. without saying his name. West yeah, Virginia himself, John Cruck, was is awesome with the Phillies. ESPN yes. should have never let him go. Crucky was oh made made a comment tonight, CJ, in an extra inning game between the uh, Phillies and the Rangers. He's like, makes a heck of a lot of sense. A guy strikes out the end of the inning, and then he's standing on second base to start the tenth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, John Cruck was is always one of my favorites. You know, he he had a quote where somebody told him. You know, you don't you don't look like an athlete. And he's like, I'm not an athlete. I'm a ball player. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. And, you know, you still think about Cruck, man, turning that hat backwards in the All Star game uh, when he was batting against Randy Johnson. You know, from still the one of the all time favorite moments. Like Crucky yeah. was Crucky was the man. Crucky quotes, man. Like I, you know what? You'd I, say, I'm, hey, I don't wear jewelry or ear ear uh, earrings because that's you don't put that stuff on a pig. <laughs> yeah like I, I i'm in on the peacock now we're gonna give them a chance they can't be any worse than the apple plus coverage oh cj i'm gonna go and tell you now the apple plus coverage to this point in time what i've seen of it i've really really not liked at all i i haven't either now i, I will say this the streaming quality on it's really nice and i i like chris young i think he's a really good baseball guy but the rest the of the rest of the team it's yeah, unfortunately yeah. it's the rest of the team. Um I I don't I don't want to sound negative on that, but I just I Yeah, don't it's not been good the team at, at all. Um it makes it tough. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I I had the volume turned down when it was the Yanks and the Royals just cuz I was like I can't do it. I can't. And, I tried. And do you know what though, CJ? Benetti is going to be doing the games on Peacock with Euclid. Ooh. I'm very intrigued by that crew. Now, they're, they're going to have some rotating boosts as well, but Benetti and Euclid are going to be the main two cogs um, in that Peacock coverage. I really, really like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in on that. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be Manetti uh, joining Uke in the booth. I just heard Uke today saying he was going to be doing those games. And now to do just to look it up real quick and hear Benetti's going to be the guy. Like we just said, love him and Steve Stone. So getting more Benetti, never a bad thing. Makes sense due to his NBC Chicago affiliation that he'd get a nod with Peacock. Um, but, man, can't wait to see that. And uh, CJ just saw Mookie down nine there in the sixth here, yeah, man. A little 390. You watching that too? Yes, sir. Good series to be watching, man. It's, you know, it's getting close to midnight here on the East Coast. And you got a little Giants and Dodgers action out West. Yeah, Ravine, of, you can't beat that. Can't. Um, let, let, let's, let, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll call that last one a foul tip. And I know it's extremely early and you're going to cry foul but that's perfectly fine who would you say right now mvp each league oh so you're gonna make me get into the box again fouled one off with two strikes okay cj mvp each league i'm gonna go ahead and say that in the national league cj i'll go with manny machado i think he's been tearing the cover off the baseball Playing, uh, a, a, you know, good defensively. His team's doing very well. I mean, he's hitting 375, four homers, 16 RBIs, four stolen bases. I'll go Manny Machado in the NL. Um, in the AL, I mean, Rizzo and Judge co MVPs at this point in time with their nine bombs apiece. 
And I'll go ahead and say this real quick. You didn't ask for it, but the early AL Cy Young Award winner is Alec Manoa. I, you know, I, I, I don't have a issue. I mean, I'm with you on the Machado. Um, he's been tearing the cover off the baseball. Eric Cosmer has been dealing too um, at the plate. Um, it's raking at the plate, CJ. It's dealing on the mound. Just yeah. gotta say that. Gotta throw well, that out there real quick. Sorry. I know it's late. Sorry. Just kind of. I, mean, uh, I love you, buddy. Just yeah. We gotta, no, we gotta you're, keep it straight there. You're right. Um, <laughs> you know, and and Judge Rizzo's probably the correct answer. I, I would. But the go thing with, about it is, they're gonna still vote for one another, right? Yeah. They. Uh, yeah. I mean, they definitely are. Um, I, I'll give you another name that's kind of interesting to watch here in the NL, um, and that's. Um, Arenado, you know, 23 runs batted in already this year. He has been good. Yeah, he's he's been really, really good. High I, I quality don't defense. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you um, on the Manoa take. Um, hey, and I'm going to throw another name out there for NL, and he won't win it because he's on the Pirates, but dude, Key Brian Hayes has been playing phenomenal baseball. Yeah. Man, um, I'm just thinking here, AL, and anybody else who could be, you want to throw in the mix, and I think you got to do it, Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean, you know, Trout's been been playing really well. Like we, you know, we said the Angels have been playing extremely well. Um, well, that's always been yeah. the thing with him, right? Like, he needs to be on a team that's winning. Well, this year, they're winning. Um, yeah, they are winning. Um, you know, and winning at a big time clip. I mean, he's hitting the moment three sixteen six homers. Granted, he only has eleven RBIs of those six homers. Got to get more guys on in front of him, though. Yeah, and that that's going to be a kicker. You know, is is can they get guys on in front of him? Um, you know, um, and then you know, obviously, continue winning. Uh, you know, be in the lineup. You know, not every day, but I mean, not missing extended starts oh no he needs to be out there at least 155 out of 162 games yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um or rest would need to be you know though. yeah Which, and i'll give you an nl side young because you kind of threw me off on that one so i was going back through and and looking here or al uh, or nl uh, NL, NL. Okay. Uh, oh, give or, me an a- i'll give you al you're giving me NL. i like it yeah I, i'll give you burns from milwaukee he has been very good. 43 strikeouts so far this year. Um, you know, he's he's definitely been dealing. I, the interesting thing with the Cy Young is going to be to watch it, because I know it's your favorite rotation is the Mets. Are they going to steal votes from each other? Eventually, I think they will. And somebody's going to slip in that back door. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, and to be quite honest with you, at that point in time, like the way Kershaw's thrown the ball at times this year, I could see him getting a lot of love, especially if the Dodgers win this whole win that West. Could definitely see that. Yeah, uh, he for just, sure. Yeah, because he just broke Dodgers strikeout record the other night. Yeah, you break a record in a franchise like that—that's uh, that iconic. And you've had some of the outings that you've had this year. I mean, had that you know perfect game chance that kind of got squandered. You know, people are going to kind of gravitate toward that. Uh, makes me. <laughs> Makes me think Kershaw's a guy that's probably going to get some love. Like, you know, I mean, 
He's he's three and zero on the year with a two five two point three five ERA and a point seven WHIP, thirty Ks in twenty three innings. I know it's a you know a short sample, but that's a pretty good sample size too. Um, you know, people would love to give Kershaw that award. Kind of maybe entering the twilight years of his career potentially, especially since Stafford just joined him out in L.A. as former high school teammate and won a Super Bowl. You know, now Kershaw's got to – I can't get one up by my boy Matt. I got to go out there and win me a Cy Young Award again here, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely dealing, um, you know. So, it, it, like I said, it, it's going to be kind of interesting to watch those, and I know it's extremely early on. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can kind of get yourself out out ahead in that voting a little bit and keep keep the spotlight on you. That, that's oh, not always a bad yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, we're, we're not even a fifth of the way through, but it's kind of nice to see some potential trends starting to develop. Um, for sure. And, you know, see another guy who, you know, the, in the Yankees rotation, Talion's starting to ball well. Cortez. But I think in the end, Manoa's got to be the guy right in the AL. I mean, 1-4-5 ERA, 4-0, 32 strikeouts and 31 innings, a .84 whip. Doing some big things. People are loving seeing what they see on Manoa. And, like, the highlight real-type clips you're seeing of him, like, striking out Judge twice, getting Stanton a couple times, like – that's oh, pretty, no, pretty no, no. He, he 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 has pitched really well. Of course, now he did throw a ball to the judge yesterday that I'm still not sure has landed. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. And then <laughs> and that was after what he retired 14 straight guys before that. Though. Yeah, so I mean, no, I mean, he he's been pitching really really well. I mean, and and here's the sad part: the judge home run. That's not a bad pitch. Like he missed the spot oh, no. a little bit. That's just that's, that's just Aaron that's, Judge being Aaron Judge being a freak. Yeah, I mean, so but no, he has pitched really really well. Um, been very, very impressed with that. The the thing for me that I'm going to want to watch with him is because he's starting in the major leagues this year is as, as the innings numbers creep up. Um, definitely. That's, that's you know, definitely that, that's something you always got to look for, especially with young kids. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, he's got the stuff. I mean, that's undebatable. Um, and I, and I think as long as he continues to pitch, you know, well, and the, the Blue Jays are, around which they will be um he's definitely going to get some consideration and deservedly so absolutely cj i think we fooled him again brother um i got nothing else for tonight man always fun talking baseball with you buddy we'll come back and kind of get maybe our top boost not just our analysts and also there's a movie tournament so we want to talk some baseball movies next time do a little homework on that um and if people want to tweet us some of theirs, maybe we make our own little bracket. Because I know I had some complaints about the one MLB threw out there. Um, so, uh, you know, always want to get some engagement with you guys out there, especially when it comes to some, some baseball. But until next time, y'all, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Take it easy.
Teachers.